My name is Dave, and I'm on staff here. In uh, the last couple weeks, we have been sharing out of Psalm 18. And we've just been going through Psalm 18 and hearing a lot of testimonies, people sharing about how the Lord has impacted their life through Psalm 18. And uh, it's been powerful, and it's even been powerful already today as we heard Bonnie's testimony and the Lord working powerfully in her life. And I don't know about you, but that's what I needed this morning. I needed to be encouraged by seeing the light shattering the darkness, by light coming into somebody's life. The thing that I've been loving about Psalm 18 is just how personal it is. You read through Psalm 18, and if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn there. If you read through Psalm 18, this is very personal for David. David, over and over again, the word that is repeated is this word, my. David starts off by saying, the Lord is my rock. He says, he's my fortress, my deliverer, my rock, he says again, my shield, my salvation, my stronghold, my comfort. Over and over again, David says, this is not something that is an idea, God is not distant, God is not just something that I have heard about, but David is saying he has experienced the protection, the power, the presence of God himself. See, when David says, my rock, God has been my rock, it's not just this abstract idea that David shares. Dave actually, David actually experienced God being his rock as Saul, his enemy, was chasing him, and there was a rock, a, a physical mountain that separated, that protected David from Saul. Saul was on one side of the mountain, David was on another side of the mountain. And so when David says, God, you are my rock, this was something very personal for David, something that he had experienced himself. You know, it's always powerful when you experience something yourself, right? You can hear about something, but then when you experience something yourself, it changes everything about you. And that's what I've loved about these testimonies that, that have been shared over the last couple of weeks, people experiencing personally the power of God and the presence of God. And last week, there was someone who had an encounter with the Lord, and I want to make sure that it gets shared, and I'm going to ask my friend, Hope, uh, to come on up. Come on up, Hope. All the way up to the stage. Get up here. Hope had an encounter with the Lord last week, and uh, I want her to share about it, but why don't you share a little bit of what was going on in your life before last Sunday? Hello. Um, I am in the rescue mission right now. And um, I was just kind of doing what I was being told. And I was on the fence. I love God. I've loved God. And I've been saved for so long. But walking on the fence. And it didn't feel right. And um, I was in the back. And we were reading this last Sunday. And just real quick read you what knocked me out <laughs> he rescued me from the powerful enemies my enemies were people that were around me and I don't know what it is but I just I get involved with people that I don't know I don't know how to say this I get hurt a lot hmm. and I think God allows that because he wants me to run to him he allows a lot of things to happen for me to run to him and he comforted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. 
he brought me out into a spacious place. I'm thinking it's the rescue mission and the church because I love this church. It hits me just where it needs to be hit. And he calls me his beloved. That's when I started crying. I have never been anybody's precious daughter or anybody's princess. Um, and it's very, very hard for me to grasp the love of God. And I, I got a little bit of it, I think, last Sunday. And I started the program. And with the program, you go to Gateway, and you have time to read the Bible, and they teach you. And these people are teachers. And I'm feeling so much more grounded, and I'm not on the fence anymore. And I should have done this a long time ago. It's scary to reach out to God. It really is. Because I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to go through all this again. And, and is it going to be real? And, and just, It's just scary. But when you walk and you step over into that area, it's amazing. I feel really good. And I feel happy and blessed. And I'm being fed. And it's a physical, too. I feel better all over. And I've got some darn good people around me. That's what I need. Everybody here is just very, very, very wonderful, and I really thank you. Awesome. And I'm on it. <laughs> awesome. Stay up here for a second. The, the email that we received said it was Psalm 18, verse 19, mm -hmm. that wrecked you. Mm -hmm. It says he rescued you mm -hmm. because he delighted in you. Mm -hmm. And you told Jody... The email that I received, it was all in caps. Mm -hmm. You were blown away mm -hmm. that he delighted in you. And that's truth. This is living and active. This is the word of God. The God of the universe spoke into your life in that moment last week and says, hope, even in your hopeless situation, he powerfully moved in your life and he said he delights in you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Praise the Lord. Right. Thanks. Have a seat. Done. Yeah, you're done. I, The thing I love about that testimony is because she said it was when the word was being read, when this was being read. And too often we forget that this is not just a book, not just a collection of uh, pages in a book bound by, you know, whatever, but this is living and active. This is God-breathed. This comes very, from the very throne room of God to us. This is not just a book, and I'm so, so blown away by that you take the Word of God and the Spirit of God, and those two combined have the power to transform a life in an instant. And we can try and try and try, and then all of a sudden someone comes face to face with truth that is spoken to them by God through the power of the Holy Spirit, and their life is transformed. And so the thing that I love is this is so personal. And it's not just for hope. It's not just for Bonnie up here. It is for all of us. And you might be sitting here today a little jealous or a little frustrated. I wish God would speak to me like that. I wish he would move in my life like that. Maybe you're like, that's good for them, but what about for me? But here is your opportunity. Because we're going to read Psalm 18, verses 20 through 30. And I'm going to read it a couple of times. And I just want to invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you individually. That he would reveal truth to you. 
And so as I read this, just be asking, Lord, what truth out of your word do you have for me today? And so as much as you can, eliminate distractions around you and forget the person next to you or whatever. And focus on these words. These are the words of the Lord coming directly from him to you. So let's read. I'll read it slowly, verses 20 through 30. Start at verse 19, because that's just one that's, that one's just really cool. He brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. He rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his rules were before me, and his statutes I did not put away from me. I was blameless before him, and I kept myself from my guilt. So the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. With the merciful you show yourself merciful. With the blameless man, you show yourself blameless. With the purified, you show yourself pure. And with the crooked, you make yourself seem torturous. For you save a humble people. But the haughty eyes you bring down. For it is you who light my lamp. The Lord my God lightens my darkness. For by you I can run against the troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. I want to read it one more time. And again... Ask the Lord, what truth do you want to reveal to me today? And then even out of that, like, how are you supposed to obey that? How are you supposed to do what the Lord has revealed to you? But I just want to slow down again and read Psalm 18, verses 20 through 30. The Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his rules were before me and his statutes I did not put away from me. I was blameless before him and I kept myself from my guilt. So the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. With the merciful, you show yourself merciful. With the blameless man, you show yourself blameless. With the purified, you show yourself pure. And with the crooked, you make yourself seem torturous. For you save a humble people, but the haughty eyes you bring down. For it is you who light my lamp, the Lord my God lightens my darkness. 
for by you I can run against a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He's a shield for all those who take refuge in him. This week I shot a couple people an email, and I said, hey, read these 10 verses and what hits you. And I was blown away by how personal the word of the Lord is. Some people, as they read about David saying, hey, you dealt with me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands, you reward me. That was encouraging to some because it's true that sometimes you can just get going in life and doing one thing after the next and you wonder, Lord, do you see me? Do you recognize me? Do you see what I'm doing? And in this passage, as David was sharing, that the Lord does reward us based on our behavior. There is a role of faith involved in David's life and David was doing exactly what the Lord had told him to do in the covenant that was made between him and uh, the Lord in Israel, David's like, hey, I'm, I'm doing this. And when David sinned, he repented before the Lord, just like uh, the Lord had said. And so for the person, it was very encouraging because they were saying that in this, they see that the Lord does reward those who are faithful. The Lord does see what we do. Another person that I emailed said, this blows me away because as I read about the righteousness and the blamelessness of, of David and how he was able to share that, I am far from that. But I know and I'm so thankful that in Christ I am blameless. In Christ I am righteous. In, in Christ I am clean. And so they were, after reading this section of scripture, led to just worship the Lord because of all that they have needed, they've received through Jesus Christ. And it's absolutely powerful because this is just one passage and the Lord is speaking specifically to so many different people. For me, it was verse 28. It was when David wrote this, it was, for it is, by you, for it is you who light my lamp. The Lord my God lightens my darkness. It was that passage that really hit me this week and maybe uh, it hit me because we are in the middle of winter and it's February in Michigan and I can handle the cold and I can handle the snow but it's just the endless gray that just, and the darkness that just gets me down. And maybe it was that, even though it's a beautiful day today, uh, maybe it was that reason that the Lord uh, used this uh, verse in, in my life this week. But it might have been because of uh, what happened a couple weeks ago. I was at a middle school retreat, and a group from uh, Moran Park went. And on Saturday night, it was an open microphone time. And it's always a little interesting when there's middle schoolers in an open microphone. But this one went, this one, it was interesting. I don't know what other word to say, to use, but one by one, middle school students got up on the stage, and they shared about the brokenness in their life. They shared about what things other middle school students had said about them. They'd shared about the brokenness in their family. They shared about the loss that they themselves have felt from losing friends or losing a family member. And I was sitting in the back of the room, and there was just this, this darkness that came on me, this brokenness, this heaviness. I'm like, we like to think that the world doesn't really change a whole lot, that like, you know, kids are, are, are living in a similar situation than how we grew up, but the world truly is a different place. The world truly is getting darker and darker and darker, and there's more and more brokenness, and there's heaviness that, that kids are feeling at an earlier age than we ever did. And they got up and they just shared this darkness and this brokenness and my heart just absolutely sank. 
And there have been other things in my life, just darkness that seems to be all-encompassing. And so when I read that David wrote, like, Lord, it's you who lighten my darkness, I get encouraged. Because David knew darkness. David knew what it meant to be in darkness, whether it was he that caused the darkness or the darkness was a result of somebody else's actions. David was anointed king as a teenager. He wasn't even invited to that party when they anointed him, when they were going to anoint him. They actually had to go find him, and they brought him to Samuel, and Samuel anointed him as a teenager. And you would think, okay, anointed to be king, it would just happen for him right away, but it took 30 years for David to become king. And we don't even like to wait 30 minutes for something. And David, for 30 years, had to sit in this darkness of, okay, I got this promise, but it's unfulfilled. God, what are you doing? And all that while, Saul was chasing after him. His enemy was coming after him, and his enemy had an entire army at his availability to take out David. And David, even though you could say the Lord was changing him and forming him and getting him ready to be king, David also knew that he was one step away from death. So David knew darkness. David knew darkness of, a, of an unfulfilled promise. David knew darkness of a loss of life, losing his son as a result of David's sin. He also lost his best friend. David knew that darkness. David knew the darkness of his entire family being taken captive. David knew the darkness of, of his own thoughts, and we read that throughout the Psalms. David knew the darkness. He knew the darkness of criticism, his own wife criticizing him. He knew the darkness of rebelling and people rebelling against him. David knew darkness. He knew what it was like to be in the darkness. And what is your darkness today? What darkness are you wrestling with? What darkness is in your life? Here's the crazy thing about the darkness is the devil likes to keep us in the dark. He wants to keep us in the dark because how confusing the dark is and how we just will sit in the dark and believe lie after lie after lie and it keeps us away from the lightness of the Lord. I remember when I was young, my parents would go out and I would be left alone in my house watching TV or doing whatever and it was dark and there were things that would mess with my mind. There would, I would hear noises in the walls, I would hear different things and my mind would go to all of these crazy places all because it was dark. And the enemy wants to keep us in the dark, but the good news is the Lord comes and he lightens my dar darkness. He lightens your darkness. He lightens the darkness that we ourselves have caused. He lightens the darkness in us. I received this email this week, and I thought this was such an interesting take on this passage, and it was from somebody in our body, and they said this in their interaction with Psalm 18. This person said this, I was up at 3 o'clock in the morning, troubled and praying over a situation in my life. And I was reading Psalm 18, and I started reflecting as I read that God lights a lamp and provides light to uncover the darkness. In the past, as I reflected on this, I would have seen it as God shining light on my path, showing me where to go. In fact, I started my journal entry this way. I said, Lord, when I seek you, when I'm struggling in darkness, I know you will reveal to me the light. You will help me see my way through. I need not stumble and fall. Starlight, star bright. God created the stars, the moon, and he created the sun too. All light giving so we could see in the dark. But then God stopped me. He re redirected me. And he said, the light is so you can see your darkness. It was an awakening. 
It is shining light in the dark places of my own life. It's the evil, it's the self-loathing, it's the sin, it is the poor choices, it is the self-reliance. We don't need additional light so that we can see. He gives us light so we can see our own sin. The Lord showed David his sin and then David cried out to God. He sought him, he humbled himself and glorified God for his faithfulness and turned away from the sin. David sought God's heart. Seek me. This person said, I need to see where there is darkness in myself and I need to repent. I need to turn back to God in the areas I have taken over with self-reliance and pride. I need to humbly submit my plans to him. Let him light up the things that he needs me to see that aren't of him so I can move in step with him. This person sat in the dark for a long time, three o'clock in the morning, and then enjoyed night breaking today and saw the amazing sun that God created rising slowly behind the trees. And then she wrote this. She said, Capture the brilliant sun coming up this morning as I was reading. How fitting as I read this, the Lord my God lightens up my darkness. A fitting reminder that he provides light in our lives and helps us uncover the darkness to to put it to death. He is so good. It's absolutely amazing. The Lord lightens our darkness. He lightens my darkness. And too often we quickly want to go to the darkness maybe that's in the world and not look at the darkness that's in our own lives. But the Lord is so gracious to lighten the darkness in our lives, to see, show us where we are off, to show us maybe things that we have believed that aren't true. And too often we want to change the world, and we we're quick to do that, but we're slow to change ourselves. And we're slow to look inwardly. And David says, the Lord lightens my darkness. And so this morning, what darkness is in you that, needs, that the Lord has lit up? And what are you doing about it? What darkness has he revealed to you? What darkness has he shown you? And you're saying, like, I, this needs to go in my life. I can get overwhelmed by the brokenness of the world, but I also get overwhelmed by the brokenness in the church and in my own life. And how quick we're to say different things about different people, but slow to look at ourselves. And the Lord is so gracious to say, this darkness in your life, it needs to go, it needs to change. See, the Lord lightens up my darkness, the lightens up the darkness in us, but the amazing news, though, news is he also lightens up the darkness around us. Because like I mentioned in our prayer, like the world, it just seems like darkness is all around. Darkness is all around and it's getting darker and darker and darker. But the good news is that the light, Jesus, the light of the world has come into the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The thing that I love about the testimonies that we've read and heard the last couple weeks is there always comes to a place where there is this but God moment. Everybody has this time of when darkness seemed all around and when struggle was all around and they're, they're in this problem or that problem, and then it says, but God stepped in and everything changed. See, the only one who can light up the darkness is the light of the world, Jesus Christ. And I am so encouraged and so thankful that Jesus, God in human flesh, the invisible, the visible image of an invisible God stepped into our world, and over and over and over again, he lit up people's darkness. He comes to a, a man who was filled with leprosy, a man who knew the darkness of isolation and loneliness, and Jesus comes up to him and doesn't just heal him from a distance, but shatters the darkness of his loneliness by coming up and touching him. Jesus encounters a woman stuck in the darkness of sin, and she's dragged in front of Jesus, and the religious leaders should have also dragged the dude as well to him. But here is this woman stuck in the darkness of sin, and Jesus gets down to her and says, who condemns you? 
No one condemns you. Then neither do I. Go and leave your life of sin. Jesus shatters the darkness of sin. He shatters the darkness of shame as he sits with people and eats with them, people that no one would associate. And Jesus sits with them and he calls them friends. The testimony that we heard this morning, hope, came in last week under a cloud of hopelessness. And Jesus shattered that by speaking words specifically into her life. Jesus, the light of the world, comes in and the darkness doesn't have a chance. And that is something that we can never lose sight of. It is only Jesus, only the Lord who can heal a heart, only the Lord who can turn around a situation, only the Lord who can breathe life and hope into the hopeless situation that middle schoolers felt a couple weeks ago. Because as each one of them got up on the stage and shared about the darkness of their life, they also shared about a moment when God broke in, when Jesus broke in in their life, and that darkness was absolutely shattered. It's only Jesus. It's only Jesus that is the hope to our hopeless world. I shared, or I heard, testimony of a couple in our congregation in the church that really came across a dark time in their life. A time that where just darkness was all around and they needed the light of the Lord to illuminate their darkness. And I asked them to share, and they were like, well, we love to share, but we're not going to be there on Sunday. So I said, all right, I'll take my video camera to your house and I'll film you. So here's their testimony up on the screen. <laughs> Hi, I'm Rob. This is Holly. We're the Corrigans. Um, we've been married for ten and a half years, and we met at Central Michigan University, and we've been going to Moran Park about a year and a half. Um, we've, over the last eight years, experienced a lot of infertility, uh, miscarriage, adoption loss, and um, through all of that, there's been a lot of pain and um, dark feelings that we kind of went through during that time. Um, out of that stemmed a lot of loneliness and insecurity and depression for me. And um, I'm a very organized planner, so ever since I was little, I have always wanted to have, um, to get married and then have four kids. That was my plan. Um, and so I got married and um, when it was time to have kids, that just wasn't happening. And so uh, we looked into a lot of different options and things, but when that wasn't happening, it kind of, it threw me off um, because uh, that was my plan and everything always happens according to my plan and that's something that I had zero control over so um, that's something that really that really rocked my world um, more or less I think I was struggling with it was it was something in my past that really was hindering the whole process you know was it a mistake I made and now I'm being punished or my wife's being punished so I think out of that, I had a lot of frustration. And then I was also getting frustrated, like, why aren't we like everybody else that I was observing at the time that were being pregnant was easy? You know, why don't we like other friends, uh, even family members? And it just wasn't happening. So I think I got more frustrated. Um, and then, of course, then you start falling for some of those lies. You start believing things that aren't true. So as far as the lies, during this time, I'd always tried to run to God. I tried to run to my Bible during this time, um, but I didn't realize I was actually running to other things as well, especially WebMD, um, a lot of internet, uh, definitely running to close friends and family who I, I trusted and looked up to um, during this time. The devil filled my mind with so many lies. Um, I didn't even know 
that he was speaking these lies. I didn't realize till much later that those were from the devil. And um, some of those lies were that I don't deserve a baby, that I'm not um, as good as other people, that um, I don't deserve Rob, I don't deserve friends, um, just really terrible things that I did. I was led into during those times. Um, a lot of lies about adoption as well. That was another option we were looking into. Um, so just a lot of fear and lies. The biggest and sneakiest lie of all um, came from a close family member. This is a family member that we both we trusted, we looked up to. This family member loved us so much and um, they were a Christian and they wanted the best for us. And so Rob and I were feeling called to stop a certain fertility treatment that we had been doing. And um, our, our close family members um, really were kept pushing that and, and um, encouraged that. And so we um, stopped listening to God in that and we continued um, to listen to this, this family member and that actually led to I mean, one, of the, one of the things that I regret the most still um, in my life. Um, but God gave us a second chance. So um, there was an, another time when we were going through an adoption. Uh, it actually ended up being our failed adoption, but uh, we were continuing to pursue this. It got kind of complicated. We had to go to court a bunch of times. and. Um, there was a point where we had the option to kind of to leave and we we just we got an overwhelming sense from god that we were to continue this it looked like a suicide mission it didn't make sense in the human world but we really felt strongly that god wanted us to continue this and during that time both all of our family members and friends um they were actually kind of mad at us for continuing. They said, this is this is silly, you should stop. And this time we did obey God. And we just went all in and it was the craziest roller coaster ever, especially for a control freak like me. Um, not having any control over anything, not knowing the future, but it, it ended up being one of the biggest blessings um, in our lives. We truly saw glimpses of how much God loves us and just, oh, so overwhelming. And even though we didn't end up with this little boy, it was just, it proved to be um, just one of the greatest times of peace and joy and, and closeness with our Lord. So, Yeah, and it, it, it changed our life quite a bit too because, you know, one part that Holly didn't mention was we got a chance to meet the mother of that baby boy and make a connection with her. And I think that was really powerful that we were able to just become friends and the actually for a little for quite a while there we were more than that we were even we went to the uh the boy's first birthday um they invited us over for coffee we got to meet the meet that family and kind of grow those connections and it was uh it was really nice it was, it was a little bit of closure there too so yeah i think that was probably for both ends How did the Lord lighten our darkness? Um, I think even though we had a failed adoption and we were very discouraged after that process, I mean, it was to the point where we were even thinking about maybe adoptions is not what we should be doing. We did a lot more praying over that with that time period. Um, you know, we thought that that boy that we were gonna get was gonna be the perfect plan. We thought that was awesome. We met the mother. Her family was awesome. And when that failed, we just, just blown away. Um, but God's plan was way better because two weeks after the fact, the first adoption failed, 
following through. And I'm downstairs in my basement. You can tell I work out a lot, but I was working out. <laughs> and and I get a phone call and they're telling us that, they're telling me that there's a baby girl at Holland Hospital and we want her. And I'm like, absolutely. And so I'm still on the mindset, this is gonna be months out. So I actually told our caseworker, hey, is this you know great? How many months out are we? And she says, no, no, you don't understand. You didn't hear me. You're picking her up tomorrow at two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> so what's amazing about that is that we went to the point where we were really in the pit and we're just elated, just flying high, we're so excited. Um, we had all boy clothes in our closet for that baby boy. So first thing we did was, well, of course I got in contact with Holly and then we went way over to Carter's and bought a bunch of girl stuff. We really tried hard to find as many items as we could. And that was a lot of fun. Um, but you know, now we've got a three-year-old with us. She's now three and that process and just how everything lined up, it's just amazing. I mean, there's just no way that a human being would be able to sit down and plan all that. And it just goes to show you that God's plan is perfect. And if you rely on that, amazing things are gonna happen. And that's really our adoption story. And how this all rolled out and how it all worked out is, like I said, just absolutely awesome. It's nothing I could have thought of or how. And another thing that was just so encouraging for us is we signed up for the prophetic ministry prayer in November. Mm. And um, one of the things that was said to us is that they noticed that there was like a huge um, kind of depression, especially over me, um, that, that I was going through and that they could see that God was kind of covering me like a shield or like an umbrella during that time. So um, a few days later in my quiet time, I asked God, I said, so where were you in, the, in those dark times? Because there were many times I cried out and I felt like he was silent. I knew he was there, but I didn't feel like he was speaking to me. And he showed me Psalm 18. And um, in Psalm 18, he showed me that not only was he there, but he was fighting for me, like fighting fiercely for my heart. And uh, it was just so encouraging to, to hear that. Um, and specifically in verses 20 to 30, verse 28 to 30 keeps standing out to me. Um, it says, God is my lamp. He keeps my heart from being crushed by darkness. God has given me a renewed strength and power, and he's shown me the power of his name against my enemies. I never again have to fear. I don't have to walk through that ever again or fall into despair from my situations. Verse 30 says, he's a shield for all those who look to him for protection, um, which I see as my umbrella, um, just like they kind of mentioned in that. So that was just very encouraging. Uh, you light a lamp for me. The Lord my God lights up my darkness. In your strength, I can crush an army. With my God, I can scale any wall. God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. I'd love to have the worship team come up because you just got to worship after that. You got to worship after you hear all these testimonies and all these, these stories of, of God encountering people 
in a really powerful and profound way that just screams that our God is not dead, he is alive, and the darkness is being pushed back. And darkness may seem to win the day, but we know that Jesus is victorious, that he is shattering darkness. The darkness has no chance against the light. In Moran Park, the promise of the Lord is true, that if we seek him, if we pursue him with all of our hearts, we will find him. So I don't know the situation that you yourself find yourself in today. But this I do know true of the Lord, that the Lord does lighten your darkness. The Lord lightens my darkness. The Lord wants to speak powerfully into your life in not some abstract, distant way, but in a very close and personal way. And so we're going to go into a time of worship, but I would also love the prayer teams to come forward as well. Because you might be surrounded by darkness today. And the thing that I've had in my, my heart all week is that your darkness is the lies that are going on and on in your mind. The thoughts that are, going, that are racing in your mind. Our mind can be a very, very dark place. And it can cause us just to, to be in this swirl, just to be in this downward spiral. And I believe, and I have enough faith, that the Lord wants to speak powerfully into the lies that are swirling around in your mind. And so if that's you, I want to invite you to come forward to receive prayer. There's not going to be anybody who's going to be condemning you for coming forward and saying, hey, I have a problem, I need, I need help. That's not going to be here at all. We just command that to go right now in Jesus' name. And so I want all of us to stand. Let's worship. But also, if you would like to receive prayer, come forward and allow our prayer teams to pray over you.